0: You are listening to the DIY Recording Guys Podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production, with your hosts, Vadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. All right, welcome to another episode of the DIY Recording Guys Podcast. I'm Vadim from Comfrog Recording. And I'm Benjamin Hall.
1: And... I'm changing my studio branding. It's not going to be DreamLot Studio anymore, that's so that's coming right. soon. Yeah, it's going to be weird to You're sign just on. as Benjamin Hall now. Yeah, Benjamin Hall, audio producer, audio productions, something like that.
0: Love it. It's great. Well, thanks, man. I'm on board already. Just the less, you know, the, the cleaner it is, the better it is. And you have a very, um, what's the word? It's it's the, uh, that photogenic, it's an audiogenic name. Audiogenic, It rolls yes. off the tongue.
1: I'll talk you through it if you ever decide to do the same thing so you don't make the
0: same mistakes that I'm making. <laughs> Listen, I am never going to do the same thing, and it's only because my name, how do you pronounce it? You know, how do you spell it? Right? If I told you, if you didn't know me and I said, go to vadinkaraz.com, where the hell would you go? <laughs> There's no telling. You could end up anywhere, you know? So yeah, it's true. Have a, <laughs> I have a challenge that I, I think I'm not going to be able to overcome there.
1: Yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, you could just do VK. That's what I would probably do if you ever Mm. decided to do that. Just a VK.
0: Here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you a story about VK. Oh no! (laughs) Remember, I, I built that. I built a amp cabinet, right? And I built a pedal board. I did them. I did them at like the same time. And I designed this awesome VK logo, right? Yeah. And then I had a friend like laser cut it out of wood because they had access to a laser cutter. So I have the sweet amp cabinet and the sweet pedal board with my sweet VK logo. Come to find out, it's almost identical to the Vintage King logo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? No, it's <laughs> not. Amazing. So that's the thing. VK is Vintage King in the audio industry, right? It's like, there's already a thing. And that's a pretty so, big brand too. A pretty big brand. So I have a lot of competition for the VK niche. For just now, I just got Calm to finish Frog. the space. Yes. Yeah, might <laughs> stick with good, it. I might just. It's looking good, by the way, way man. I
1: mentioned this before we were online, but yeah, it's
0: it's coming along. Thanks, man. It is coming along. I'm excited. I got a couple of other finishing touches to put on it, and then we're gonna do our episode on setting up a room. This is the fourth time I've set up a room. Oh wow! And I've learned so much. And I told you this every time I set up a room. I swear it'll be the last time I ever do it because it's a lot of work, as any of you guys listening who have tried to set up rooms know. But yeah, I mean every time it gets a little bit better, a little bit sharper, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more ergonomic. So I'm excited to uh talk through that episode.
1: Yeah. You said you might have a story for us unaudio related, so I'm I'm kind of curious to hear
0: it. Yes. Well, so today's episode is all about tools it's all about the Mm. tools we can't live without and we're going to break these down into some categories we're going to give you guys some of our favorites and then some duds that we've (laughs) we've maybe quote unquote as you say invested in but yeah my story about tools this is what got me thinking about this the subject Mm. is i I mentioned this sometimes in my past life and currently i still work as a mechanical engineer part-time And I used to do a lot of traveling all over this crazy globe of ours. One time, I was in a place called Inner Mongolia. Inner Mongolia, Mm. then. It's just south of regular Mongolia, which Hmm. is not called regular Mongolia. It's just called Mongolia. So I'm in Inner Mongolia. And if you think you've been in the middle of nowhere, you (laughs) haven't. The middle of nowhere is in Inner Mongolia. It's a fact. So this place was so remote all there is like there was a construction site where i was working and then there was like a hotel and like a one bar and one restaurant and literally that's it i mean the 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 city hasn't been built yet it's like the first thing weird they only Very accept weird. cash there's no no credit cards anywhere and no atm's anywhere the nearest atm was a 2 hour car ride away like if you remember a couple of years ago, there was like all those news stories about the uh, ghost cities in China, where they were building like these major metropolises and there were no people in them. You remember that? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the nearest ATM was in one of those, <laughs> one of those ghost cities. Oh so anyway, gosh. the point is this place is super remote, right? And I'm on a job trying to do a job. I need, I find, I need a three-eighths inch Allen wrench. You know those little hexagonal wrenches that come with your like IKEA furniture? Yes. And I need it to access these like screws that are hard to reach and I don't have one and there isn't one on site and there isn't one, I mean, literally I would have to get on an airplane somewhere to like go get one of these little wrenches. Oh my gosh. So I'm dead in the water. And I remember like being fascinated by this thinking like, okay, we're talking about a 10 cent piece of metal that's shaped like a little stop sign. I have literally 20 of them at home. You can walk into any home depot probably even a pharmacy and like get one and i didn't have one and it was the one tool i needed that i didn't have <laughs> and so it got me thinking about like tools there's all these tools that we're going to talk about today that like you don't even realize how important they are until maybe you don't have access to them and uh i think it's just a fascinating concept like the tools we use so that, that's my un audio related story that I thought I would I love it. share because it was actually what gave me the idea for this episode.
1: That's a great analogy. I think of this all the time, especially this past year. We, for some reason, lost electric like all the time. Like once a month, we were losing our, our power. Hmm. And first of all, you can't do any audio recording without power. And so the second thing I'd think is oh man, I can't work in the studio. I guess I'll go play some video games. Oh, crap! You need a TV and electricity <laughs> yeah, to do right? that too. <laughs> and then you you just forget that like every basically we've built our whole life off of electricity and all our entertainment, so <laughs> you take it for granted until it's not there.
0: Even a tape machine needs electricity. So there it is. I didn't even, you know I didn't have that on my list. Indispensable tool number one: electricity. R- recording in general, is something I've been doing since I was 16 years old, I think. And over the years, I've tried hundreds of tools i'm talking both software tools and hardware tools and we decided it would be fun to kind of split things up into these three categories Mm. so i'm gonna say category one we'll call the shiny object category where it's it's the thing that's fresh and exciting and maybe the marketing is really good and so you get it and it's cool but over time you find you're not really gravitating towards that tool for whatever reason and it kind of falls by the wayside. That's category one. Category two, we'll call the old friend. And this is the tool that you've kind <laughs> of grown into and you have it's grown with you and you reach for it and it's a joy to reach for it, right? And then category number three, I called the ligament you've never heard of. <laughs> it's just a weird name, <laughs> but it's because, you know how like you'll get a weird injury and like you didn't know you had that muscle? <laughs> until you pulled it we're showing we're showing our age i get that i get
1: that when i wake up in the morning and i'm like
0: right (laughs) right right you're like what is that i didn't even know that existed but now i can't seem to walk so it's the tool that you don't even realize you're using like electricity maybe that you you couldn't live without and you didn't even know it until you had to try so that's gonna be the three categories of tools we talk about and it's gonna be just an open-ended discussion i think we both put a couple of things in each category so start with you ben um right. well, what category do you want to start with
1: let's go in the order that you listed i've got i okay. just switched them around so that f- fits nicely into that
0: do you want to go back and forth share yeah, one let's go and back and forth share shiny object what's your what, what do you got in your shiny object category okay i'll start with um you know what i, I that would be a fun one to do like last i think let's last, let's start okay let's start with um let's start with the old friend. Let's start with the tools that you know and love and they've grown with you and you just, you keep reaching for them and it's a joy. I love it.
1: So this one is kind of, I feel like a studio essential, but I kind of had a love hate relationship with it at the beginning because I just felt like, Oh, this is just something you have to use. But the more that I've used it, the more that I'm like, this tool is amazing. And like, I can pull off things that artists have no idea that are even possible with this tool. Wow. And what I'm talking about is Melodyne, which is a great Ooh. auto-tuning tool. I thought at first auto-tuning was just about making a crappy vocalist sound good. <laughs> but... Or crappier. To find out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or crappier. Sorry, but personal. That's personal pet peeve, that, uh, but go on. <laughs> yeah. The way I've grown to use this is It allows me when I'm recording a vocalist to not worry so much about their pitch and more worry about the emotion and the delivery of the actual performance, because I would hate to say no, got to do it again because that was all the energy and the emotion in the performance, but you were a couple cents flat on that note. So we got to, we got to do it again. No, but, but with a great tool like this, you can take, that awesome performance, it was a little bit out of tune and and just nudge it a little bit so that you get the best of both worlds and you don't have to, you know, let let your singer completely lose his voice. There's a couple other features that are great about it too that I've even grown to start using it more for the timing issues I'll fix, mm. more so than even like in the editing phase of like chopping things up and and using warp mm. audio because the the... The studio editor in Melodyne is so good that for certain, especially if like I do a couple vocal takes and then whenever I'm going through an editing, if I think, Oh, I wish he would have held that note out just like a second or two longer. The, the elastic audio tool in Melodyne is so good that like a lot of times you can stretch these notes out and, uh, y- y- and then you wind up getting the take that you wish that you would have captured after the fact. It's
0: it's been a lifesaver for me. I love it. I'm growing to love it more and more every day. Totally. It's a super powerful tool and that that's a great example of one. And I wouldn't even call that an auto-tuning software. You can auto-tune with mm. it. But like you said, it can it lets you do so many manual tweaks and manipulations. And I'll give you another use for it that I I used on a mix a couple months ago. That I just, I was like, I wonder if this will work. And it worked like a freaking charm. Here's what happened. I had a badly recorded bass track, okay? Mm -hmm. And it was amped. And, or no, maybe it wasn't amped. It was just a DI, but it was a badly recorded DI. It just sounded bad. I used Melodyne to map out the notes. And then you can export MIDI from Melodyne. So all my timing, I edited the timing. So the timing was good. Then I had MIDI and I think I used the MIDI to drive just like a clean base emulation just to fill out the low end and it worked seamlessly. I was so impressed with Melodyne for that. It was like not even a vocal application. So yeah, super powerful software and a good example of a software that you can start simple with. And then as you grow, you're Mm -hmm. like, I wonder if I can do this, I wonder if I could do this. So that's a a great number one. Uh, My first one is this microphone is the sm7b oh yeah Um, i got it because if you google vocal microphones it's like one of the first ones that usually comes up on list for dynamic microphones i got it i plugged it in i was like yeah it sounds good sounds like a dynamic microphone but Mm -hmm. more and more over the years i just find like it's a mic you can't get wrong right like Pretty much, you can't go like any situation. You put it on an instrument or a vocalist, it's gonna get you something that's solid and workable. And pretty much, I only have two mics that I use anymore for vocals: this one and a large diaphragm condenser. But this one, I feel, is like security blanket. Man, I know I can get a good take with this thing. I
1: completely agree because I love my Slate um, virtual microphone system. Uh, condenser mic that I have, I'll always go to that first, but sometimes for whatever reason, like a vocalist has like, um, a weird resonance in their voice and, and a condenser just won't work. Yeah. I'll always go to this though. Cause I know that like, if I can't get the condenser that I want to work, I know that I can rely on the SM7B for sure.
0: What's your next one? All right.
1: I guess it's back to me. My next one is another piece of software. Um, this helped me solve a very unique problem that I was having with my recordings and mixes. So, like I've mentioned before on the podcast, I am 100% in the box. I have no outboard gear. The preamps that I use are on my converters, so I'm as digital as you can possibly get. <laughs> the thing, the thing that I noticed though about recording and and maybe not mixing so much, but with recording tracks that way, is that they sounded so. Uh, especially if it was just like straight up like four piece band, uh, my tracks that they they were good, but there was no like vibe to them. They sounded too transparent, too clean. And what I realized after some experimentation was that I was missing all of the saturation that you would get from running uh, from running your recorded signal through analog gear. So I use this piece uh, or this great plugin called the slate virtual mix rack and it's almost become a crutch to me because i use all of their um console emulation plugins to add all the vibe to my tracks when i'm recording so i can't say that it's as good as going like analog but it's like 90 95 percent of the way there where you can dial in something that's saturated and sounds warm like a like an analog recorded chain but Doing it in a digital landscape, like, like how do you
0: using, use it? So. You um, y- do you use just the uh, like the virtual consoles at, at the like as the first plugin and all of your all of your chains? normally? Sometimes
1: yeah. I'll use their. They've got preamp emulators too, and I'll use that on vote. Oh. Um, sometimes I'll use it on guitars, but I'll use it on like vocal, like as a okay. a vocal yeah. preamp emulation too. And it just yeah, I like, th- it's I like so that. It's so subtle, so subtle, but like it makes a huge difference when you're like trying to make things fit.
0: Yes, when you solo a track, it's very subtle, but when you have it on a bunch of tracks, it just makes, it gives your mix more weight, I find, right? It gives it a little Mm -hmm. more density and just solidity. So that's a good one. I use that as well. Uh, My next one is a super old plugin, super old plugin. And I have Mm. the old, old version of it. (laughs) That's I can't update. It's the Waves Renaissance EQ waves renaissance oh, okay. the, the renaissance bundle is i don't know how old it is 20 years old or something like that it's like it's one of their first first plug-in bundles right i think so and and it's it's widely yeah. considered like one of the first plug-in bundles where people were like oh this doesn't sound like complete trash <laughs> but specifically i like the renaissance eq now if you have like um what's the one you use the pro q no question pro q is like yeah the top of the line but it's a similar concept it's a parametric equalizer it's got six bands and what i like about it is where it you might say like well doesn't like pro tools have a stock parametric equalizer yes it does but there's this weird annoying thing in the pro Tools stock one where like you can't have bands crossing each other like band two of the equalizer you can only go between you know 200 hertz and whatever, 600 hertz, but with the Renaissance EQ, you can move the bands all over the place, which is nice, because sometimes you know I use band five somewhere, but then I want to take band three and go somewhere even higher, and I can do that with that EQ package. Stupid simple reason, it's a boring interface. It looks like it's from the 1990s, but it gets the job done, and I use it on every single track where I need to EQ something. What's your? Uh, you got any more in the old friend category? Yeah, I've got.
1: To, I've got to share it. Um. My alien ear, custom molded earplugs. Ooh, okay. I love them. Um, it's probably the best. Probably the best investment I ever. That I've made in the studio period, I would say. Not just stu. Not just studio. Actually, probably not so much like mixing. But definitely for recording and for playing live shows, live music. Okay. Um, and so, Alien Ears, it's a company out of Florida. I think they're pretty small, but like they make uh, in ear monitors. And these custom molded earplugs are awesome because they, I took implant or what do they call them? Molds, uh, impressions of my ear. And then you, <coughs> you send the molds down to this company and then they'll send you back earplugs that just, mold right to your ears it's awesome because it blocks out all the sound except they're not plugs they're filters and the way they work is they filter out 15 decibels so that everything is just that much quieter but it doesn't mess with the frequency response Ooh. so it's awesome it it sounds like when you go to a concert and you put them in you're like oh i'm listening at a comfortable volume to everything so I love them for live music because it doesn't interfere with the high frequencies like foam earplugs do, but what's really awesome is I use them in the studio, especially if I'm setting up drums or if I'm trying to mic up a guitar cab, because that way I can get my ears closer to the sound source without worrying about damaging them or it being too loud,
0: and I love it. Love it. That's a great one. I'll have to look into that. My last one on that list is Sound Toys Bundle. If Ah. I... Had to mix with my stock Pro Tools plugins and just one third-party plugin bundle. It would, without a doubt, without a, a doubt, bundle. Check it out if you don't. Absolutely, yeah. I don't care. I mean, look. If I had Slate Everything, sure, Slate Everything has everything. <laughs> but I don't have that, and I would just take. Yeah, Sound Toys. I think gets me everything that I really want. So I'm not gonna say any more about that. Well, I will <laughs> just check it out if you. I have will it. say I do have the Slate Everything bundle,
1: and that would probably be my go-to. But it doesn't have some of the stuff that that Sound Toys
0: does. So it's not a it's replacement. Got some interesting stuff, and yeah. it's the thing I love about, they're just creative tools. They're like, you just, I can push them and and easily get things I wasn't expecting that I like, which is Mm -hmm. rare in tools. I agree. Cool. All right. Next, let's go into our, um, the ligaments. The ligaments you didn't, even know existed. These are the tools you you can't live without and you don't realize it until you don't have them. Excited to see what's on your list here. Go. So this first one's a bit of a comp out, but
1: I have to, I have to give a shout out to my DAW of choice studio one. And especially because I recently went through when I was recording this single that I let you hear, that's going to be coming out hopefully sooner than later. Uh, I had to go and ro- recorded a studio that had pro tools and I was running the session and I found so many little annoying things about Pro Tools that I was just like, "Oh, I wish that I had Studio One to to do these simple editing." Or it wasn't even the editing; it was just creating, um, uh, creating a new
0: take and saving it. Like to me, all right, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta come to Pro Tools defense here, man. <laughs> do it because this is what I find with a lot of DAWs. You just you have to know the shortcuts. Yeah, that's true, right? You just have to know them. And yes, but I, I, t- I take your point and I, don't know, I, I want you to keep going on Studio One, but I always bash Pro Tools with you, <laughs> but I got to come to Pro Tools here because it does all of that. I, in fact, I will say, I think, I think Pro Tools is still top of the line for editing. I, I think.
1: I, after, okay. That might be true. Cause I haven't, I'm not a Pro Tools expert. I'm a Studio One expert and the The things that people say about Pro Tools, oh, you can't go without Pro Tools. Studio One does those same exact things. So I'm like, is it just that the Pro Tools users don't know that let Studio One well, has those tools? So
0: that maybe, but I will say like I talked to one guy specifically a lot. It was the guy I was telling you about before the show. he the, uses both, and he, he's he's mm. was a Pro Tools guy for a long time. Now he's a Studio One guy, and he so he's you know, he's a Studio One yeah. guy. But he will say, "I miss these couple of things about Pro Tools. The Studio ones just can't quite get as clean." So that's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of it. You're right. I think a lot of it is just how how well do you know the tool, how well do you know the keystrokes and the shortcuts. And fine, yeah, that's (laughs) Uh, okay.
1: Back to my one, my one complaint I was saying, (laughs) and then we'll leave it at that. So you're right. There, what there is a shortcut you have to know that easily, like saves takes to layers. But Studio One has a setting in there.
0: Control Start Backslash.
1: Yes. <laughs> but Studio One has a setting that you can set up when you're recording that every time you hit Record and Stop, it automatically does it. And I'm like, that is so convenient and awesome. There's, n- I don't even have to press any buttons. So when I'm running my session, I was so stressed out that I was gonna forget to hit that
0: shortcut. The Pro Tools does that too. Okay. They, okay. So
1: I just didn't know. The you tool. can
0: you can you can you can record one over the other, and and they're all still technically there, I believe. But yeah, no. Point taken. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Studio One. I do like that. Is what people say is you know some things that you have to manually do in Pro Tools or whatever you can you can customize Studio One to do automatically. But I take your point very well that the DAW. I've had a similar experience, although with a with a, you know, I think it was with um, what's it called audacity which is a free DAW. i was trying to do some editing in audacity once for just some don't. reason i was on vacation with a laptop and i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is it was on it was undoable i have that experience so, when i'm yeah. trying to do editing in like video editing software i'm like oh mm. i wish this i wish this was an audio editing yes.
0: DAW." my first one is just one I'm, I'm going through recently is my room oh my yeah. room that my beloved room, where my mixes were translating effortlessly, I took it for granted. I was, you know, because I, I wasn't hearing the room. I was just hearing the music, and I trusted it, and I would sense the out, And now I'm in a new room, and it's got its own quirks, and I'm getting used to them. So I'm doing that by, like, when I'm in here, I just listen to a lot of music, and I still have a couple of treatment bits that I'm installing. But man, that um, the ability to trust what is coming out of the speakers oh, into yeah. your ears huge. is a huge one. So that's that's my first ligament. What's your next one?
1: <laughs> so this is a really funny one. Um, I went back and referenced our episode 20 that was our 10 tools under 50 bucks that you can't live without. Yeah, yeah. So in that one, I mentioned uh, the electric string winder that I have. Ah, yes. Funny enough, though, I can't live without my manual string winder.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you don't always have electricity.
1: That, well, that's true. But more so than that, this electric string winder, I think I just bought it one day at like a guitar center, like a long time ago, whenever I was like, I need a string winder, blah blah blah. And I didn't I didn't think about I didn't even realize all the features that were in this string winder that I use to this day. Like
0: it's the manual. Mm-hmm, one.
1: It's three in one. It's got yeah. it's got uh snips on one end. To cut off the string, which the electric one doesn't have, it's got a cool little tool that you can use for prying out the pegs on an acoustic. I didn't even know what that thing was until I got an acoustic guitar and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, which my electric string winder doesn't have. And even though it's manual, it's like better than twisting it with your hand, so it still works better. It's like, it's a mechanical, it's not a completely analog string winder, like just using your hand. Yes, repeat. you have so
0: you have a mechanical advantage. Is it is it the Planet Waves one? I think it is. That's the same one I have. I love that. It's thing. amazing. I will do. I will throw a software one in there in case people are interested. But I find for me the the Isotope RX bundle, which ah. is not it's um it's a very functional tool. It's for noise reduction. Mm-hmm. So you can take uh, the hum out of recordings. You can take the clicks and pops. In fact, I use it for this podcast. You would not believe how much clicks and pops come out of a person's mouth. Or maybe you would if you uh, <laughs> ever tried to record a close mic microphone. So I just use that de-click tool. It takes me 20 seconds to set up. And then it runs for a couple minutes because the files are long. Works great. I love that package because it's so transparent. I can, you can really, it's even, the, the it's got a de-clipper, which is phenomenal. <clears throat> I've I've gotten some audio that was so badly clipped. I don't know how it does it. But it somehow, you know, it interpolates where those peaks, those clipped peaks should be. It works remarkably well and remarkably transparently. So that's a great one, man. That is one where when I find I don't have it, if I'm like editing on a laptop, especially if it's dialogue or something, whew, that's a lifesaver. That's a great one. Um, my
1: third one is my monitor station. I won it in a competition.
0: Which was cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was a prize. Was it a pie eating competition or uh, something? something It was actually artwork.
1: So these, no way, these um, uh, speaker plates are actually black. And I say I won it, but it was really my sister's artwork. She does this cool thing with um, oil paints with silica dropped in them, and then she uses a blowtorch, and it makes the silica like kind of flow and explode in unique ways and so
0: i took a picture sent it in and we we won the prize for that oh my god i can't believe you spent two minutes saying that it's a contest you won and all you did was take a picture of somebody else's artwork yep, basically <laughs> that's low man it's low but <laughs> it was my sister's artwork and okay, i gave her all kickbacks right, well, sure worked. it's okay yeah. i guess yeah and the and the prize anyway if the prize cool. was money. i
1: would have given it to her but it was a monitor station so i had to take it Fair enough, Understood.
0: right? So yeah, so, so the monitor <laughs> station, what what does it do? So
1: the monitor station, um it does a bunch of different things, but the first awesome thing is you can plug four different it's like a headphone amp in and of itself. Oh. So you can have okay. four different headphones come out of it, which is awesome. It has a talk back talkback mic built into it, which is I mean, it just it makes the whole experience of coming in here and working with me feel so much more pro because before I had to set up like i had to set up my sm7b as a talkback mic and remember to mute it when they were tracking and then you forget sometimes and you're making some weird like mouth noise or clicks or pops or you're humming and they hear that or
0: c- calling the drummer yeah. a jerk or something like yeah, that. Exactly. yeah exactly and can you believe this clown <laughs> exactly <laughs> where'd you learn to drum clown college
1: <laughs> so um that's that's an awesome feature it's got uh four different speaker buttons on it so you could you could hook up to four different monitors and effortlessly switch between them and the same thing for the uh, same thing for the headphones as well and and it's also got um uh routing in there for out of your dog like your main output and and stuff like right. that so it's just a great little thing that something that I probably would have never even to this day thought to buy because they're not like they're not cheap but I'm yeah. so glad that I have it because it makes my life so much easier.
0: I have, you know what, that's on my list as well, actually. My, my, oh, is it really MC 2.1 monitor controller. Yep. And yeah, same reasons. I just love having multiple sources and multiple monitors, and everything's right in front of me. In fact, when I work during the day, or if I have somebody in here, you know, I could just take their phone, I could plug it in as a source. It's, yeah. And it's coming out of the main monitors. It's a wonderful tool. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, my my last one is is another like sort of cop out one, but it's my mouse. <laughs> it's my freaking mouse, man. Yeah, I just you know I have a mouse that I like and I'm comfortable with. And like, if you've ever had to work on a, just the laptop, the little oh, the, the tri- little pad thing, you can't you can't do audio with that. You need a mouse. Oh, so that's, that's my last ligament tool. I, I, realistically. Oh no, I will I will throw another one in there is my headphones yeah. because if I'm ever um, especially these headphones which are not super fancy they're you know mid tier headphones but um, I think the same ones you have and no I have the I know I have the fifty eight X fifty eight X I don't even know what that is. Is that is that better? No, <laughs>
1: it's like um
0: it's like a hybrid
1: of the six hundreds and an older model.
0: Oh, interesting, yeah anyway, I don't know. I, I got these a while ago, and then with with the uh, coupled with the sonar works, I know I can travel somewhere they're open back headphones, which if you've never mixed an open back headphones, highly recommended. It. It's a much more pleasant experience um, and it, I know it's kind of like taking a, a room with you yeah. in a sense because I know these things and i I can on the go, I can you know use, the, use them to reference and, and if, if I need to so those are you got any more ligaments? No, I agree with you with the headphones
1: though. Like these ones are I think $50 cheaper than the ones you have, but same, same same, deal. Like they're not expensive headphones, but like I love how they sound so much. I don't think I would ever pay more for a headphone. Like I can't imagine a better sound. Like it's 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 there for me, so.
0: Yeah, if, if you don't, it's cheaper than treating a room. If, if, um, if it's been treating a room is not an option for everyone. Invest in a nice pair of open-backed headphones. Yep. I agree with that. Um, it's definitely worth it. Cool, where well, our last list, maybe the most fun list, maybe the most tongue-in-cheek list, the shiny object list, the thing that, the marketing got you, Ben. Yep. You didn't want to do it, you saw the video, you know you shouldn't <laughs> have clicked on it, but you did. So and next thing you know, you're yelling up the stairs, where's my wallet? And you're getting your credit card and you've made a purchase. <laughs> <laughs> You're nodding slowly.
1: What do you got? So I've got one really bad one on here, but I was actually going through my list of plugins thinking that I was gonna find some stuff I was embarrassed that's still in my DAW, but I've actually done a pretty good job of not blowing money on stuff that I don't use. Good. And part of that's because I am obsessed with like over researching things. So it's very rare for me to make a compulsive buy, and it's it's helped me out, so I'm thankful for that. But I, w- I do have a list of three. So I was having a problem with my mixes where there was just this uh, underlying floor of noise on everything. And I was yeah. like, I don't know what to do with this, but it was a problem anytime the music got quieter. Like it was audible noise happening. So I bought this tool from Waves called Z-Noise which kind of works like the RX um, D-Noise plugin or whatever yeah. and I was using that on like all of my mixes the problem is is that when you use a tool like that on a mix you're gonna degradate the audio like the, the high end of it so I was trying to yeah. use it in a way that was transparent and it was just annoying well it turns out that it was just the way I was mixing I was using so much analog emulation and i didn't realize that i had yeah some of the probably
0: from waves
1: (laughs) some of yeah some of the um some of these plugins they have like a a noise control on it so do you want the full emulated noise from this piece of gear or do you want to turn it off and i just never looked at that before and by default i had all of these plugins At the full noise capacity that we're just building and building and building because I had multiple instances of them. So I turned that off and it solved my problem and I never had to use the plugin again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it was a, you know, but that's something, that's a utility. You might, you might pull that up sometime.
1: I never will because I have the RX stuff now,
0: but Oh, (laughs) okay. If you have RX and forget it. Yeah. Well, my, my first one, I I remember, I don't remember if this is a Waves plugin or not. I think it might be. It's the Sheps Omni channel. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's a sexy little plugin. It's like a channel strip. It sounds good, really good. It's got saturation, EQ, compression, deesser. Um I never use it. I don't know. I never mm. use it. It's got so many controls on it and I just it's kind of like a slate mix rack thing where there's modules you can pull them around. It, it it chews up a lot of CPU. Mm. I never use it. I don't know. I don't know why I bought it. I can't literally can't remember why I bought it. God,
1: that's irritating.
0: Um, it's not cheap. It's over 100 bucks, I think from what I recall. So, that's my first one shouldn't have bought that thing. I feel like oh well. that's a pet, Live and learn. that's a
1: pet peeve of mine is plugins or or guitar pedals that have too many dials that don't do yeah. like if if you're going to have a dedicated dial for something, like it's got to do something freaking cool. It's gotta cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be, yeah. I yeah. just want a whole bunch of crap like that. All right, I'll go into my second yeah. one here. Um, I've actually featured it on uh, an episode, I uh, the episode that we did uh, comparing DI's. I actually okay. used this uh. on that episode, but that's also why I bring it up because that's the only time I've ever used this pedal. My ah. Morley AB switch, which is very uh. useful if you have a use for it, I thought that I was going to buy this and have a bass rig like um, Chris Wolstenholm or whatever his name is from Muse where he runs a completely clean, dry bass tone and then a completely wet, distorted one. I was like, that'd be awesome. I'll set my bass rig up to do this. And I just never did it, ever. And that pedal just
0: sits and collects dust. It sits there. It's probably not a huge investment though. Probably set you back like, hundred bucks or something it was 150 so
1: i mean not bad over the years but it's just like one of those things it's like
0: i've only ever used it once yeah yeah well that's we're gonna we're gonna tie that up towards the end of this episode with with some actionable things for you um my next one you know i've been good i was thinking about what hardware do i have that's on this list i've sold pretty much everything i don't use or don't love so i i was relieved to see that but I did buy. Um, I'll throw out another plugin here in this category, the Isotope, which I love. Isotope they make great plugins. Trash Two is what it's called. It's a distortion plugin. Same thing, man. It's got so much capability and so many controls. Setting that thing up is like doing a mini mix. Ugh. Like I just I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's got like amp emu, uh, like impulse responses. It's got oh, an wow. impulse response section. But it's like not good enough where you would like reamp your guitars with it. You can get some really fun wacky distortions out of hmm. it, but like, I just want to pull up Decapitator and like hit the punish knob, and, you know, and just and just that's it. Be done. So anyway, it's another one. It's complexity. It's great plugin. It sounds good. It's got a lot of functionality. Too much complexity, and I feel that that has been a sticking point for me. I I, I find since I was a kid, I was attracted to gadgets that have a lot of functionality and over the years i've learned that like those are not the gadgets you want you really want the gadgets that do minimal amount of things and do them really well so I totally agree take that for what it's worth so you got any more on that on that yeah, list yeah i have my worst
1: one on there <laughs> okay go for so it so this is the funniest one when i was first building my studio i really wanted an 88 key keyboard in here cuz i play keys a little bit i wanted something I wanted something really nice, um, something that was yeah, something you could stretch out, or yeah,
0: you know, something that yeah, okay.
1: Um, but also, if I ever had like clients in that were piano players, I wanted them to have access to the full keyboard, and I wanted something Does that have weighted keys. Mm-hmm. I wanted something that have weighted keys, touch sensitive. Oh, nice. Something nice. that felt real. Um, and I went so completely overboard. I bought a Korg Chrome workstation because I didn't understand about like. Um, virtual instruments and right. this workstation's amazing you can I mean it's a mini DAW built into itself with all different kinds of sounds Ooh. it's very cool what you can do with it I've played around with it a little bit but and I still use it <laughs> but it's an $1800 keyboard brand new and I use it as a MIDI controller I use it and less often than yeah. my $100 uh, 25 key Axiom Axiom 25 yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> have a similar thing going on with this, with this Venom not nearly yeah. as expensive but in retrospect I'm like okay I should have gone with a MIDI controller with weighted keys instead of whatever this is analog synth emulator or something I, know. I do use it though anyway sometimes it's cool because that's the difference so,
1: between you know $1800 for the Quark Chrome brand new they make like weighted 88 key keyboards to do MIDI controlling for like four or 500 bucks. that's what I really should have yeah. got
0: yeah. Yeah. Good good advice. All right. So what do you take away from this? We always want to leave you guys with some actionable things. So some of this is is rehash of our general philosophy, which we've mentioned on the on previous episodes. But a goal with tools for me is, is really two goals. Better and faster, right? Yeah. That's why you buy tools. So some prompts for you to maybe ask yourself, and we can maybe give a couple of more examples here. You know, the first question is like I'm just these are off the top of my head, but or uh, just in no particular order, rather. Why did you buy it? Um, and you know, think about like what else in your suite of tools does the same thing? Yeah, maybe list those things out and then list what makes each of those tools unique. And the reason this is important, I was actually talking to a friend of mine recently who's who's a wonderful producer, and he was telling he said something to me that is remarkably simple but remarkably profound. He said, I've recently realized that I should just reach for the tools I enjoy using. Huh. And I was like, yes, of course, right? So, <laughs> so, so some things uh, to consider like that, I, that I would think about is unique controls. So I mentioned the Renaissance EQ, it's different than my DAW EQ because I can just move all the bands around. That's a unique control that keeps me coming mm-hmm. back to that uh, plugin. Um, another a great plugin I'll throw a shout out to here that I've been using is called TDR Nova. It's also a parametric EQ. Why do I need another one? Well, it has a dynamic section where you have a dynamic EQ that only acts. You know, you could set a threshold, and so that's why I, I would use hmm. that one. Um, another thing I'll throw out is unique workflow. So there's a plugin I'll throw out here if you've never heard of it. It's called Mongoose. Hmm and it's a stupid simple plug-in that does something you could do in your DAW but it simplifies your workflow. All it does is you put it on a stereo bus and it collapses everything below all the frequencies below a certain threshold to mono.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Right? It's you can do it with routing, totally. But what this lets you do is like you put it on like uh, something that had like even a bass guitar. You can put it on a bass guitar and pan the bass to the side. And instead of sounding wonky in headphones, it keeps you know the low end centered, and you still get that spatial effect without That's a great causing idea. nausea in your listeners. So, you know, a simple plugin like that. And the last thing I have on my list, and I'll kick it over to you, is usability. So again, I have a lot of delay plugins, but I keep coming back to Sound Toys Echo Boy because I find I can just get stuff that I like quickly out of that plugin. Yeah. So those are some of the things I think about. You got anything to add on that for like, why did you buy it or why why would you reach for it?
1: You summarize things really well. I think one thing that I tend to think about too, especially when it comes to software, like uh, there's there's not really been too much like recreation of the wheel when it comes to the tools we use in audio. It's more... Uh, and yeah there there can be some unique ways of looking at things especially when it comes to like coming up with new sounds or virtual instruments but I'm talking about processing tools the, the the new stuff that's especially if it's expensive, it winds up being a tool that kind of incorporates three tools in one like that's kind of like soothe what Soothe does and you just have hmm. to decide for yourself, is the convenience of using this one tool worth me spending the money for instead of having uh my route of having three different specific tools doing the same thing sure and so that's that's yes. one thing i think about a lot and sometimes it is worth it like i think soothe is really worth it because it's it's like a dynamic eq but also it's band finding automatically and that's that's really cool like you can't really get that by doing things even individually. Unique, yeah. But there are it's other things feature. like even your your ship's omni channel that you mentioned like it's basically like a super plugin that's doing a whole bunch of different things that you could get from three plugins that you like better.
0: Exactly. So Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Um my next prompt for you is how well do you know your tools? Mm-hmm. So when you pull up a plugin you know, look at all of the controls. Some of them, as we mentioned, have a lot. Do you know what each knob does? And I will um throw out again a couple here that I have that I know I can get more out of. I don't know what all the knobs do. Um, And the risk is I'll buy something else when without knowing what all these knobs do. Yeah, like Boz makes a mm. plugin called the Clipper, like Big Clipper, I think it's called, yeah, or something like that. And it's a great clipper plug and i have to look at the manual every time i use it and it's very powerful in the way you can route audio through it and that's one where i'm like if i get angst it's a little antsy and i see a clipper plug-in i'm like oh that sounds cool i'm like wait 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 yep. i don't even know what this one does yet let's hold on let's push yeah. some of these knobs
1: <laughs> I totally agree with that
0: cool um I'll ask you a question here, Ben. Do you ever reach for something just because you bought it and you feel you have to use it?
1: Normally when I first buy something. (laughs) Yeah. I've been doing that a lot actually with... um, But that's a great way to learn things too. Um, I've been doing that with the Gojira Neural DSP Mm -hmm. Amp Sim. And it is very uniquely different to the Nolly one. And I find myself for hard... For hard rock guitar tones, I'm more reaching for that than I am the Nolly one lately and I would have never I would have never come to that conclusion uh, had I not been obsessed with it after I bought it because it was the shiny new toy and I think that I kind of leveraged that yes. one to my advantage whenever it came to that because I love the yes. the Nolly one well, so much.
0: That is appropriate. I think when you just buy something, you 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 want to use it a lot to to really understand what it does. If you're not using it, then you probably shouldn't have bought yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Right? If you're not trying it.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of a situation where that was a negative though. Um, do you have an example?
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I have um I have a great plugin. I have nothing against this plugin. <laughs> it's called the Imperial Delay. It's another Boss plugin. It's an awesome delay plugin wonderful <laughs> nothing bad to say about it except that it's easier for me to get this what i want out of echo boy and so i've been using echo boy but every now and then i feel guilty and i just all be like i wonder what i could get out of this thing and it's like you know that's the type of stuff where i'm like i can't tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing because on the one hand it's like oh it's, it's a creative spur i might get some unique sound out of it but on the other hand Stick to the tools you like. So that's my only pseudo example there. And it, it is a really it's a nice plug-in. I don't have anything against it.
1: I'll say sometimes um, I feel guilty for yeah. I pretty much use the uh Valhalla vintage the reverb. reverb for everything reverb and nothing else. And sometimes I feel guilty because yeah. I only paid 50 bucks for that. And I'm like, something more expensive should sound better, shouldn't it? But Yes. I think it's also that that one is so easy to st- the I'll tell you what it really is the presets on that are amazing good they one. are all presets yeah they're um they're the way presets should be because they help you they're described really well it's like drum room and you put that one on and you're like drums sound amazing with this preset
0: yeah yeah that's a good one presets um yeah I, I already said this you know beware the Swiss army knife and in fact I have a Swiss army knife in real life. I got it when I was a kid as a gift. I have never once used it for anything <laughs> because it's not the best knife I have. It's not the best scissors I have. It's not the best eye tweezers I have. It's not the best anything. Yeah. It's just a Swiss army knife. It's, you know, yeah. if, I, if I was in the Swiss army, maybe I would use it more. So it's the same thing <laughs> I find with plug-in tools. Interesting. Is there one that comes to mind? Well, the, that Cheb's Omni oh. Channel is a perfect example. That is a Swiss Army knife; it can do every. I mean, you could use just that on a vocal, and it has literally everything you would ever want. But I don't know. I like to use the things I like to use, yeah. And so, you know, I I never find myself pulling up that Cheb's Omni Channel for that reason, even though it's a, it's a good sounding plugin. So I haven't. Uh, I'll ask you another question here, just as a prompt: yeah. How many compressor plugins do you own? And how many do you use?
1: It's a great question. I have the CLA bundle, which is that's three, right?
0: Two, I think, isn't it?
1: No, no, oh, I guess three. Yeah, the two A, three A, and seventy six. Um, I have the C six multi band. I have the stock one in my DAW. I have the Fab filter one. I have okay at least another waves one um
0: i'm sure there's more (laughs) i'm sure you got i'm sure you got at least eight in the everything bundle
1: oh yeah there are and i do use i barely use those at all i should play with them more because people rave about them i do use the the distressor one that that slate has because that one's awesome all right So, so there's like 20. I have like 20 or 30 yeah, compressors.
0: No doubt, no doubt. So how do you how do you decide like which ones are you going to use out of out of those 20? I mean half of them I feel
1: like I use them because I've seen other people use them either in real life in studios and or I've seen people online. And when I say people online I don't mean on forums. I mean like other Bixie engineers that I know and trust. And I'm like, okay, they're using yeah. that. Maybe I should give that a shot. And I use my own judgment. If I think it sounds good, I stick with it and I don't change.
0: That's fair. This is unusual because we don't push tools at all, ever. Yeah. Uh, so don't go out and buy these plugins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I I'm guilty of this. I'll watch somebody do a mix that I really like or I'll watch a YouTube thing and I'll be like, I need that. I need yeah that plug
1: in i was thinking about that quote from your your producer buddy that you said earlier you should use the tools that you like and i i think i've been thinking that subconsciously in my head the rest of this episode because it's it's very uh, it's a great quote i didn't realize that when i started and i didn't embrace that process because i wanted to get to a level of like being really good a lot quicker. So I think I went into that with this attitude of, all right, I need to know the right compressors to buy. What's the right DAW? What's, what is the right hardware? What are the right tools? How do I route them so that it's perfect? And unlike, you know, there are other jobs out there, whether it be, um, I don't know, construction or something like that, where there are <laughs> there are specific materials you have to use and will you know they're like standard across the industry. You can't interchange them or you wouldn't interchange them. But in audio, I think like half of the fun is being inspired by seeing a tool that you know you would use or get excited about, and then figure out a way to fit that tool into your workflow in a unique way. you know, use that as inspiration to doesn't matter if you use a compressor nobody else uses if you like it and it sounds good, then use it and figure out a way to make it yeah. work. And,
0: and, st- and there is some, there is some churn there. I, you know, I, I think both of us would not have iterated on to the tools that we ended up with without getting tools that we didn't like along the way. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to to try different things. The great thing about all the software is you, you most of it has trials. Yeah. So you can get, you know, a two week trial, get it before you're doing a mix and, play around with it. Um, That's especially in the hardware too. There's been so much churn for me on like guitar amps as a guitar player, finding a sound I liked. It's a combination of research and buying stuff and selling it because it wasn't right and never quite worked for me. And then finding that thing that does work for you. So don't be afraid of the churn, I'll say too. It's it's not like uh, you have to... Do a ton of research and then get your perfect setup and then never change it. Like that's definitely not not the right answer either.
1: That's a that's a really good point too. All right, good words of wisdom. This was fun.
0: Yeah, it was a fun episode. Um, yeah, I think we're almost due for our year end top five things we learned or top five myths or whatever. So I'm oh, sure man. we'll have some some good ones. Uh, That'd be some fun. good additions in that episode. Until next time, it's the DIY recording guys reminding you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right. if you're enjoying the podcast take a minute to leave a rating wherever you like to listen to it or share it with your friends on social media also Benjamin and I are working engineers and we love helping people turn ideas into finished productions so if you're interested in working with one of us or just want to discuss a project you're working on reach out. You can find my work at calmfrogrecording.com. Get me on Instagram at calmfrogrecording or shoot me an email vk at calmfrogrecording.com. And you can check Benjamin's work out at dreamloudstudio.com. Hit him up on Instagram at dreamloudstudio or by email ben at dreamloudstudio.com. And finally, join our Facebook group to engage with a whole group of friendly, like minded people who are interested in DIY recording. Just search for DIY Recording Guys on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. I'll see you next week.